Hey guys, this is Sid Patel, CEO of Beverage Trade Network, and we are live at Bev Zero. We're going to have this Inside the Drinks episode dedicated to how non-alcoholic wines are made. I have here Matt Hughes with me. Matt, thanks for having us at your facility, first of all. Absolutely, and, pleasure. And, you know, in this episode, we want, to, we want to really take you behind the scenes and you're going to see, you know, how the products are made, their lab. You know, he's going to really explain about each process of this uh, making. And initially, let's begin the conversation about this category, right? Like, it, I think it's still booming. It is becoming a main category. It's coming in the menu. So give us give us your context about where we are at with this in, in mid-2023. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. And thanks for coming and checking it out. I mean... It is in a very dynamic category, growing. There's a lot of interest coming from all different areas, from people that are experienced in wine production and have existing wine brands to people that have no beverage experience at all and are just interested mainly in the non-alcoholic space and coming into it for that reason. But lots of interest these days um, coming from all those different avenues. And I think, you know, it's poised... Uh, it's continued growth for sure in the marketplace, mm -hmm. but also an evolution in terms of bigger players getting involved. I think, you know, there have been a lot of people that are on the frontier mm -hmm. of the non-alc space and they've made inroads and they've put products out and they're creating a lot of ener the energy and the attention that it's getting. Um, but that'll be followed up with, you know, more accessible products coming from familiar producers and mm. that type of thing is the next kind of evolution. Nice. I think I think when big Anna. brands come, as you say, and <clears throat> they're stepping in, they create consumers, right? Yeah, because with absolutely. their ads and with their sheer marketing power. Yeah. Uh, what, can you name some people who are getting, or it's still confidential? No, not, I can't name anyone talking to us currently. Okay. But I mean, you know, they're all out there. They're oh, all they're, they're all coming in. The everyone's game, huh? everyone's interested, and I think for nice. for a very good reason. You know, the exciting thing about it for me is that this is one of the things, and I think contrary to the way the wine industry is traditionally developed, is it's it. This is being led by consumers. The interest in this space and the interest in these products is being led by consumer demand saying, we want this, we need this, we're interested in these types of products, rather than wineries coming out and say, hey, we think this is really great, you should try it. Hmm. It's really the, the opposite. And it's just about people getting the quality of the products where they um, want them to be in, in terms of the producers getting the quality that they're looking for hmm. so they can go out there and back it. Um, and put it out there and make it available to everyone. So that's coming. And I think, you know, our processes and what we're doing here to improve the process of making uh, dealkalized products is a big part of it, of course. So most of our audience is like trade, right? So do you think they have enough knowledge uh, of how this is actually made? Or, you know, uh, do you think we can explain them about this is a simple way in how this is made? Like, you know, are there myths out there where sommeliers think that it's made like this, but... It's actually not, you yeah, know, like, like one of the one of the things, for example, as a leading point, I would give you is, I was surprised when you said it's actually expensive to make this than a normal alcoholic wine. Yeah, right? there there are more costs in, in making a non-alcoholic product because you have the alcoholic product and all the costs associated with it. That's your starting point, and then you have an added process to that. So it can be, you know, a little bit more of an expensive, more. Um, time-consuming process to create an alcoholic product. Mm -hmm. I do feel like the market is supporting those prices, mm. um, which is really fascinating. You know, most of the consumers for non-alcoholic products 
are consumers of alcoholic but products. One, that's such a like a puzzle for a consumer yeah. that I'm paying more, like a ten dollars for a non-alcoholic. Yeah, it it is, and I think it will eventually also there'll be a solve for for that mm-hmm. long, in the in the long term as products get developed and people figure out how to utilize all the other streams that are created. So to talk a little bit about the process, mm-hmm. yep. So that. Um, uh, to, to kind of back up a little bit and talk about the process of making a non-alcoholic product, or at least the process that we have here at BevZero. So the technology that we use is called a spinning cone column mm-hmm. and is at the heart of the technology is vacuum distillation. Mm-hmm. So this is a different process from um, the RO process or reverse osmosis process that is also prevalent in the wine industry, which mm-hmm. people are very much aware of. And the, the main differences are when you use a reverse osmosis osmosis process. You have a membrane and on one side of it you have an alcoholic product and the other side of it you have something without alcohol and the osmotic effect is what takes that product and removes the alcohol from it mm-hmm. across this membrane. So our process is an actual distillation process. So it is at a very low temperature and that's why it's under vacuum. That's why the process happens under vacuum. But it is separating alcohol from wine or from beer or spirits mm. uh, based on the boiling point of alcohol, mm. right? So when you're under vacuum pressure, the same thing that it would occur in a normal distillation process occurs, but it at much lower temperatures. So the mm. product is protected from damage, but you are distilling uh, the alcohol away from the product itself. And the reason why we use the spinning cones is the cones aren't actually a centrifuge. It doesn't actually spin the alcohol out, but what it does is is, um, spins the product into a thin film, which makes the uh, distillation process much faster and easier to take place. Mm -hmm. So the cones actually disperse the product inside this vacuumed column, and then there's a distillation process with um, product going in, and there's no steam being injected, which is the other great thing about the spinning cone column. It's actually heated product Mm -hmm. that gets injected to the column, instantly vaporizes, uh, creates an alcohol stream and a de-alcoholic product coming out of the machines. Mm -hmm. And how long uh, does it take? Like, what's the quantity versus time? So we can do anything from, you know, a few barrels uh, here, which is roughly 120 gallons, uh, up to you know tens of thousands of gallons, mm-hmm. and depending on the size of the lot that comes in, we have uh, different size machines that we can run those lots on. Mm-hmm. So, our for running smaller lots, our machine you know typically will run maybe around 200, 300 liters per hour, and then the the larger machines that we can do much bigger quantities on, they may run as fast as you know 2,000 or 2,500 liters an hour. So let's go on the operations part, right? Like any yeah. winery that's looking to make uh, the alcohol or, or looking to convert their batch into you know non-alcoholic. Yeah. So they would ship in flexi tank or maybe their whole bulk wine would come here, mm-hmm. you know, in this facility? Yeah, and, and that's the other thing is, is that because of the, the equipment is amazing and very, very efficient and um, the two out, you know, out streams, uh, one incoming wine, then you have dealkalized product and, and spirits coming out the other side, basically. So we are uh, what's called a DSP. So we have the ability to um, legally have spirits in house. Yeah, I was actually going to ask alcohol. you, do you sell uh, bulk spirits as well? Then we do, okay. we do, and um, and so we're able to do that. That's one of the reasons why it's it's 
you know, a good idea for people to ship product to us. Mm -hmm. And then also what it takes to run the large, especially the larger machines, is mm -hmm. a lot of infrastructure mm -hmm. um, to, to power those machines. So, um, yeah, typically the process would look like someone would ship bulk wine to us. We would dealkalize it and then return it to the, okay. the producer. So we don't do any packaging or any anything like that. Here. So this We're is simply processing um, alcoholic well, liquid, basically. liquids into into two fractions and separating it out. And this is where the, the extra cost is, right? Because what they're shipping is sort of the finished product. Correct. And then the logistics mm -hmm. of two-way plus your yeah, uh, fees. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, um, as things go down into the future, there'll be ways to, to reduce those but then, costs. But they, then they do save on duties, <clears throat> right? They do Correct. save on taxes. They do save on uh, all that stuff. Yeah, well, historically, so historically our facility... Um, the traditional business model that we've always had um, for the last 30 years was actually just removing alcohol from a portion of a, a client's wine for an adjustment purpose, right? So they may be looking to hit a certain tax level or mm. maybe for quality reasons that they want to have a certain percentage of alcohol in their mm. wine. And sometimes lower alcohol can make the wine more expressive and, and just more balanced overall. And so clients can send us a portion of wine we remove the alcohol from the portion yep. which gets blended back as an adjustment um, process but has, you know that's been her historical business and more so now what we're doing is removing alcohol fully yeah, and creating non-alcoholic products and that's another big part of our business here as well is actually working with people to develop non-alcoholic products so we do product development here um, we don't do business modeling here, or we're not, you know, necessarily in the business of helping startups. But people that are already up and running, have an existing uh, brands or companies, or want to create a extension of what they're already doing in the non-alcoholic space, mm. um, we do do product development um, for those types of clients as well. And just because we have decades of experience mm. of knowing. What wines, for instance, which is something I'm going <laughs> to speak about at the show, is you know what kind of wine translates well into dealkalized wine, or what are the things you can do to you know build some of the taste and the body back up to be more adjacent to what people expect from an alcoholic wine.